Welcome to Toothpaste, the podcast, the other side of dentistry. There are two sides to our great profession. On one side, we have financial independence and personal fulfillment. On the other side, we have financial hardship, depression, and burnout. Why do some dentists thrive in this profession and others struggle to get out of bed in the morning? That is exactly what we are trying to find out. We don't claim to have all the answers, but we talk to some really smart people that can give you some insights on how to thrive in dentistry and life. Thank you for listening. And now for our hosts, Dr. Jessica Gall and Dr. Vincent Buscemi. You have till what time you said? 1230? 10, uh, 10, 15. Yeah, 10:15. Okay, we'll go. And then I need to fly. So okay. it'll be a quick goodbye today. That's fine. <laughs> Um, we're good to go. I have to apologize to the listeners, but I have full active COVID right now. So I'm infecting <laughs> Alan and Jessica as we speak, but I told them I had laryngitis. Inoculating. Inoculating. That's, that's <laughs> Thank a good one. Yep. So I want to introduce, would you say you're the first dentist to start a dental podcast? No. 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 So I'll tell you who was before me that I know for sure. Uh, a guy, there was an AGD podcast done by a guy named Wes Blakesley. Okay. Who is, he's on social media still. I don't think he podcasts anymore, but, uh, so, and his podcast was excellent actually. Uh, Gary Takis, who's a practice management kind of guy out in Scottsdale, okay. who actually owns a practice with, with another dentist. Uh, he had one a couple years before a guy named, um, the relentless dentist, Dave Maloli. He, he still does it. His, he does. He does still do it. It's okay. called the relentless yeah, dentist. The relentless dentist. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's, and he also has quite a presence on Instagram. He's kind of a coach. And so he's got an interesting story. He was doing it for for me. Um, the dentalpreneur came after me. Is that Mark Costas? That's Mark Costas. Okay. Just so Mark, if you're listening, we were here first. Yeah. You know that. He knows that. <laughs> I've heard that one. He's not it was, listening, but it was, he knows it was, it was it was it was close. He started. I think he started just a few months after we did. But yeah. So yeah, we started in June of 2014. 2014. Yeah. Okay. What was the motivation? Okay, this is an easy question. Uh, I wanted to create a podcast that I would want to listen to. That's okay. Like there wasn't, cause I was a podcast listener, but there weren't any real dental podcasts that did that in like, I, and I have to tell you that I didn't look around for dental podcasts cause there weren't very many of them. And I was just like, well, well, and so I was attracted to the round table style podcast. Like, uh, the first two podcasts I ever listened to were, or the ones that I listened to, one was called Mugglecast, which is funny. It's a round table done by a bunch of high school kids. Uh, at the time. And of course it was like when the sixth Harry Potter book came out. So I said it was 2006 and actually it's a great podcast. It was a, I think the kid who started it is still like all about this kind of media, the podcasting empire. That was really good. And then a podcast called the skeptics guide to the universe, which is still going on. Also, uh, it's a huge podcast. Both of them were round table style. So you'd have multiple people, you know, talking about topics, kicking them around. I loved that part of it. So when we started the dental hacks, we always had an interview segment and we always had a round table segment and the round table segments were what people really loved because it was a round table with a bunch of regular dentists. It wasn't like we had, you know, Frank Spear and Gordon Christensen. It was, it was regular dentists, you know, it was talking about. So we might have bigger names with the interview, but then the round table was always just regular dentists. So you propose a question. And everyone get yeah, there or whatever. Okay. Exactly. We'd have a topic or, or you know, and in, including the person that you interviewed in that round table. Or we might have done that a few separate. times. Okay. Typically, I have to say it was so editing. Uh, there's so much editing that went to it. It was, it was it was very like, you know, segments and in Jason and I would have little breakdowns between them. And, and it's like 
to put together one episode was so much work, like because you're taken from different recordings and putting yeah. in. And, and so I stopped doing that once we started. Once I started very dental, it's it's a much more streamlined process to make it now. But what were you editing before? Like you putting clips together from the roundtable? Well, you'd use. <laughs> it was so dumb, and so many of the people who like to listen hated this part of it. You'd have the first half of the interview. And then we'd cut it off like a cliffhanger. Jason and I would do like a little mid segment, and then we'd go to the the roundtable thing. So each episode was like an hour and a half or whatever, and and we'd cut the roundtable off halfway through. So like each episode was the first half or the second half of these things. It was so it was, it was wildly elaborate. People hated that part of it. People hated the fact that you like. Some people I think were okay with the cliffhanger. Now we always have you know we we just do one thing at a we I say we. I just do one thing at a time, typically. You know, we'll cover a topic. Or, but I like round tables are a blast. And as you know, they're harder to get. They're harder to get people together. You yeah. Know, it's, hard, it's harder to do. It's easier to do at a meeting, if you're, to be perfectly honest, where people are already there. But so that's kind of how I started it. Did it ever get heated? Because I feel like you probably agreed to. Every dentist you talk to has a slightly different opinion than another dentist. Yeah. I'm like crown preps. Yeah. No. No. I, uh, like, like I... You know, I, I throw softballs. I'm not I'm not trying to stick it to people. And I, I think one of the things that when we first started podcasting, a lot of the people that were on our show had never been on any kind of a podcast like this. They didn't know what to expect. And okay. So I think some of them were a little defensive because they weren't sure, you know, if we we're going right. to stick it to them. Or, and, and what they didn't realize, we were just a couple, you know, a couple morons that like to talk in the <laughs> microphones. You know, it was nothing. And so and we our reputation was kind of like, we have fun. It was a good time. Yeah. It, was, it was more about, and honestly... You can't make a popular podcast that isn't entertaining first. I, I totally in, agree. If it's informative but not entertaining, you've already lost me. Yeah. So, so it was I, basically, it's got to be light or it's nothing. You know? I agree. But people do tend to think that they come in here defensive or into any yeah. interview situation. If they don't, don't you know, think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, maybe they're like, okay, they're going to call me out or, you know, it's not about that. It's yeah. just about talking to them and, and anything they say that. We always tell people one of the first things, I don't know if you said this to Alan, but we're going to shine a positive light on you. That's, mm-hmm. that's our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not tell him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that is always our I'm goal. I'm feeling very defensive. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, you know, kind of freaking out. Well, people call us and say, but we do say that. Can I have a list of questions? Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, we have no idea what we're going to ask you. I will say yeah. that I, I don't do it as much now, but I used to always have a list of topics. It wasn't questions because the other thing is, is like, and I, I, Give them an idea about what we wanted to talk about. We give them a list of stuff. Is there anything we should add, change, or? And once they realize that, first off, when you're interviewing someone on a podcast, you're typically interviewing them because they know something about the topic you want to talk about. So it's not it's it. it the list of questions is helpful, but it's also it's also kind of limiting because who knows? Like like the best the best conversations are the ones where you had no idea it was going to go that way. We feel the same way. Yeah. 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 I mean, Do you so- ever go ahead? I was going to say last time, I think, I can't remember who was here, but we talked about um, forensic dentistry. Mm-hmm. Pat, Pat, who, yeah. Pat, who, I listened to that. And we, got, and we got off on a little bit of a tangent. It was fun, though. Yeah. So. Do you have, you have some guests, don't name them on camera, that you're just like, oh, my God, how are we going to do a full hour? Yeah, a couple times. We've had a couple that were that, that, that didn't go as well. I can pull I can pull good stuff out of most of them. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I can, it's a... And the other thing is you, you get better at interviewing the more you do it too. You know, and, and interviewing, I should say interviewing, like it's a conversation most of the time. Yeah. So maybe I just like to, and the other thing is I don't like very serious conversations. I'm not great at that. So it's, I keep it light for the most part. We've got a couple, couple dud interviews. I've actually got a little bit, I don't, I'm not going to say who, but we got a couple that we recorded and never used. I'll say that. Oh, okay. Just went awry or what happened? I just, I, 
just weren't interesting. Yeah, it's kind of boring. Yeah. It yeah. just didn't, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we think, oh my God, that episode wasn't the best. And people love and then it. we put it up online. Yeah. It gets the most views. Well, here's the other thing too. Have you ever, ever done the thing where you're like, after you're done interviewing, like, man, that didn't go as well as I'd hoped. And then you do the edit and you're like, wow, this is really good. Yeah. yeah. Like even me listening to it back, it's better than I remember. That happens often. I think a part of it though, when that Today's happens, episode, the episode that went out today, I literally had been interviewing all these people at the Spear Summit and Martin Mendelson. I know Martin and he's, and he's a personality there, but he's not your typical Spear, like huge clinical monster kind of like this. Martin's was awesome. It was really good. It was really good. And I don't, you know, poor Martin being, you know, like literally I think I interviewed Martin right before Frank Spear sat down with me. So, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to get kind of lost in it, but he was fantastic. It's one of the better episodes I've edited this year. I just, and I didn't even remember that it was that good. Yeah. We have that sometimes. Awesome. Yeah. I think though, when people don't, when our guests don't talk a lot, it makes us talk more. So sometimes it's better because of that, because we'll, you know, we kind of bring our game up Sorry, a little bit. It's not going to happen. With me. I know, but don't, but don't you think like that that happens? I mean, that's what yeah. I notice. Or, or we kind of steer them a little bit more mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. direction, and because you have to sometimes. Well, my yeah. self esteem is so low. When the episode's over, I'm like, oh, that was fucking terrible. And then you put it up, you're like, oh, I we always better. we always think it's bad, and then we listen to it. We're like, like oh, that's pretty good. It's pretty good actually. So let's talk. Um, just, I don't know, for the listener, it's the Very Dental Podcast. Yep. That's yep. what your podcast is yep. called? Is it the Very Dental Podcast Network? It's, the, it's a network, and I, I my intention is to have more shows, but it's not really. We've had, we have um, three episodes per week, typically. Okay. It's not typically. I always do. I always say I'm not going to. I'm not going to do one this week, and I always do. We do the 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 interview version is when when I'm typically interviewing. That's a very gentle podcast that comes out on Fridays, and then two of my friends, Dr. Zach Miners and Dr. Kevin Fryer, do very clinical, okay. which is always it's always limited to clinical topics. They're really funny, man. They, I knew they were, I knew they were podcast gold last year at the Voice of Dentistry because I don't think they ever got up from the table. They just they grabbed so many people. They recorded so much content that it was so great. And they were just crushing it. It's so good. It's And that's why one of the things about meetings is really nice. But we literally, I literally had two tables. I had my recorder and they had their recorder. And, and they did more than I did. And I'm supposed to be the big podcast guy. They just crushed it. So they're kind of my network at this point. And then we on Monday, I do one called The Shorts, which is oftentimes me doing kind of a monologue on something. That's, okay. That's kind of what I, which is much like the Alan Mead experience podcast that I did some years back too. Now, did these two dentists, do they record at their own home and send you the file? You know what it is? We use Squadcast, so they just log in like I do. Oh, it's, you're you're on all three? Yeah. I, I can be. I okay. have been, but but they usually do it on their own, and I just grab the files from Squadcast. So okay. It's pretty easy to edit in. So. And then you put it together yep. and yep. put it out. I produce all of it, yeah. You do? Um, yeah. I know that most podcasts like I have a I have an editor. I'm like I could get an editor, but somehow I feel like an editor that's not a dentist or dental person doesn't know what's good or not good. I will say this, I almost never edit for content though. Cuz like when you if you start editing in the very beginning, you're going to be super critical of your own stuff and so you're going to edit every um and ah and every space or whatever. And after a while you're like, "Well, but but that's what conversations sound like." So a lot yeah. of people are okay with that. Uh, you also get better as you do the interviewing where you don't you don't do that as much. You don't put the the ums and the ahs in there necessarily. I just find that less editing in some cases better. It's the other thing is if you can have good sound, like you guys have a good sound setup, you don't have to edit as much. As simple as that. 
but yeah, I do all the editing, and I, as much as I could have an editor, I, I haven't. So I, I, that's been God eight years. So yeah. So for every hour of content, how much editing goes into that? Okay, that's the point. Thing it used to be. Oh God, eight, eight hours. Years, yeah, yeah, it used to be about eight hours an episode. Now it's probably it's probably close to it's probably an hour and a half for every hour recorded at this point because I. I, I found a trick a couple years back where you can you can edit at high speed but still understand you know you can you can there's some cool tricks with the software I'll you speed can, it uh, up yeah, yeah. So. you're spending a lot of time on this then sure oh yeah. yeah yeah so so here's my main question what what do you get out of the podcast well, people ask us that and yeah. sometimes millions like, of dollars cup of well coffee? we do we have <laughs> I, I have had sponsors in the past right just right now I haven't had any real active sponsors but I work with a lot of companies, you know, that have on some level it's it's sort of like an unofficial KOL kind of, you know, I get a lot of access to stuff, right? Um, who am I thinking of? Well, Innova Illumination, for instance, they're a company in Minneapolis, which I think is pretty cool because I went to dental school in Minnesota and, and so I knew Minneapolis and one of I have a connection to the the owner who was married to a you know a classmate of mine or whatever, one of those things. And so now like I'll probably go to the Greater New York meeting this next month, and I'll probably podcast at their booth. I've done the same thing with Premier, um, Spear, for instance. Like I go to their meeting, their Spear Summit meeting, and record with people. I've taken courses out there, and while I'm out there, I'm podcasting. So it's sort of a, it ends up being a you scratch my back, I scratch yours. It's been really good that way. We do have some sponsors, like Cosmonet was our original sponsor way way back, and I've taken a bunch of Cosmonet courses and used a bunch of their materials. So there's some financial. Not financial is not really the, the the main reason for me to do it. It's access to people that I wouldn't have access to. To be perfectly honest, it's networking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, are these sponsors finding you, or do you reach out to them? I reach out. You I reach out to out, them. Yeah. Okay. For the most part, yeah. So, the other two people on your podcast, mm -hmm. like, do you own the network, and they work? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Okay. I mean, they, they're yeah. Uh, long story short, I I started it this way. I I figured. You know, I used to work with Jason Lipscomb with the dental hacks, and we sort of separated ways. And I figured, you know, it's easier for me to just because I'm sort of the driving force behind the podcast part of it, and so it's easier for me to just kind of own it and and work with it that way. Okay, that I wouldn't I wouldn't share with someone, but it's just for me, it's just easier to do it that way. I think. So, where are you finding the time for one hour content to edit ninety minutes after? It seems like two and a half hours for one episode. I mean, that's one of the things that I just do yeah. as a hobby. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't do that much outside. I got work, I got kids, I do the podcasts, and I ride bikes. That's pretty much it. So, okay, you know, it's. I don't find it that hard. I don't find it that hard. To, and I, and I will tell you this, I, I do a lot of editing at the office between patients at lunch, that sort of thing. You know, so if I got downtime, I can jump on. I have, I have multiple studios. I can record and edit almost anywhere. Okay. So uh, that's that's a pretty cool trick to be able to do. You know, if I have a patient cancel, I'm doing the podcast you know, yeah. or something like that. And, and and it's been actually kind of useful that way. It's been kind of nice to be able to have that to fill the time in. Do you have a lot of people that reach out to you to be on your podcast? <laughs> yes, I do. I, I, they, they, <laughs> I, I email. I get emails all the time. I never look at them. I'm terrible. Yeah. I, I almost always seek the, the, the guests out. I almost always do. I think it. anyone, um, it's enjoyable to talk about yourself. For yeah. an hour, you know, it's like therapy. Yeah, <laughs> it's it therapeutic. Can be. It can be, yeah. So, but you have to, you know, is that going to be useful information to the listener yeah. or entertain entertainment? Well, I tend to think that, like, I know what I, I. It all comes down to I know what I would like to hear. Yeah, yeah. And so when I and I get 
tons of emails hoping that that hey, I got a great guest, and and there's like an entire industry of podcast placement. You guys have probably seen it at this point, where you get emails from people who are podcast promoters, or or they mm-hmm. they like it's a PR thing. They want to get their person on your podcast, and and it, rarely is it a good fit for me. I don't know. I'm I'm. I'm, I'm probably a little snobbish or lazy about that, but I also I'm like I get so much junk email, I never look at any of it. So, so people who are listening to that, you know, you you know who you are. I, yeah. I guess I'm super. I'm going to push you more on this. When they're reaching out to you, like, are the other dentists or who are these people that want to be in your podcast? What are their names? That's a good question. Where do they live? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll forward the emails to you. I mean, because uh, we've got God, I got a guy who's the like the the scientific. I forget the the. It's a Delta Dental. It's already a no. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? If it's Delta, it's already a no. I mean, but what's interesting is like they continue to come, and I don't know what I would talk to him about. Like I don't, and and he's been on other podcasts too. I mean, he's been on other podcasts, and they give you the episodes right where they've been on. And I'm like, that's their biggest mistake. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, I a lot of it is a lot of it is just random people that are looking to you know it's just one free way for them to get you know they pay a ton for advertising being on a podcast is cheap i don't charge someone to be on the podcast yeah so i'm expecting to not get a bill from you guys i'm just saying no it's in the mail yeah it's in the mail because i didn't tell you yet we had our first person not first person but someone reach out to me to be in the podcast Mm -hmm. i said she's going to promote her i think financial Mm -hmm. business Mm -hmm. i'm like wow i'm so important i don't know you were denying 100 people a month (laughs) <laughs> to be in your podcast. Well, but uh, th- I would argue that they're probably, they might not be great people for the podcast. If yeah. They're just reaching out because they want to promote themselves. That's the most obvious thing in the world. I mean, yeah. Like, how many magazines do you get that you never subscribe to? And, and you know, there's content to be read in there. But let's be honest, it's an ad. It's just a bunch of ads. Yeah. So it's, it's really funny. I've talked to someone who knows a bit about this. And it's like, these companies have these mega budgets for advertising. And they have no idea how well the ads are doing. They just they just spend the money. There's so so little. There's so little that they actually look at the outcomes on, which blows my mind. You'd think you'd want to track every little bit if you could. They I should just, they should be tracking the spend. Yeah. I yeah. think I think it's I think it's really hard to though. Yeah. Right? Do you mean like Dentistry Today? Yeah. That huge magazine. Yeah. 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 I mean those. I know, I, I've, I've heard. Them, I've literally heard them say, Direct "Well, it's, it's about it's thing. about it's about getting in getting in front of people, so that's brand recognition stuff like that." I'm like, "Well, I get that, but man, that only takes you so far." Yeah, I don't know. It seems like it, it seems like a. Uh, if I were spending money on advertising for a company, man, I would do something completely different. First off, I'd find I I would find podcasting can be great, but you can't podcast. You can't have a podcast that's about, you know, if Cosmonet started a podcast, they can't, they can't just say, we're going to talk about our core material today. It's not, it's an ad. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on some level, you have to have interesting content that might reference what they do or uh, have someone on, like I use a lot of dental microscopes, have someone on who uses a dental microscope and talk about dental microscopes. Well, that, that, I mean, people get interested in, in dental microscopes and then they know that they can look further, you know, following the links or whatever. It's, it's, it's. I think dental advertising is broken. I think advertising everywhere is broken, to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest. I think it's very hard to tell what makes people make moves on stuff like that. Brand recognition? Yeah. Like if some celebrity dentist uses it, like if, if I'm using a composite, then everybody goes away from that composite. Vince likes this. We're out of here. Tough sell. Tough sell. Do you advertise for your podcast? No. No, okay. No. I mean, like, do I put a spot out for it? No, not really. I mean, if I go on another podcast, this is kind of an advertisement for the podcast. That'd be the Very Dental Podcast Network. Search for it in your 
podcast software. And it will be in the show notes. Yeah. You're doing the show notes. <laughs> yeah. So, so understand that's the closest I come to advertising, but that's just, you know, so if your audience hasn't heard of me, maybe they'll hear me now. That's about the best you could probably do in a podcast anyhow. Okay. So just more organic growth yeah. since yeah. 2014. And I will tell you. I was, just building a network. I have that's a theory, though, about podcasts is that I think people that listen to podcasts are people that listen to podcasts. I don't think there's a ton of people out there that, that are going to start listening to podcasts now. I think I think it's well known enough. Either you listen to them or you don't mm-hmm. kind of thing. I mean, I don't watch TV. I, I don't, We have cable, but we never watch. I'll watch Netflix stuff now and again, but I, I don't. don't you know, so yeah. the story is people kind of pick there. There's only so much time in the day. And if you don't have a, like I started listening to podcasts because I had a, I had a, you know, 35 minute commute one way twice a day. Mm-hmm. I got to fill that time with something. Do you listen when you bike? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't, I hardly ever listen to dental podcasts though, to be honest. That's, I know it's terrible, but I mean, I'm, I'm close with other dental podcasters and all that stuff, but when I've got time like that, I'm going to listen to other stuff. So what, what podcast do you listen to? Uh, what are your favorites? I listen to a lot of uh, I can't, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but a lot of current event stuff because it's horrible to listen to any current events, anything now, but yeah. probably, probably one of the ones I never miss would be called the fifth, uh, the fifth column podcast, which is a kind of, it's really funny, but it's kind of libertarian ish current events. That's a very good one. Blocked and reported like the, the podcast, so that, many, I actually, the podcast so that I give money to, those are the two of them blocked and reported and, and, uh, and the fifth column. Blocked, you, you subscribe to them. Yeah, yeah, okay. Blocked and reported. Blocked and okay. reported. It, it's a, uh, it's it's really funny because I I'm I'm probably a libertarianish centrist kind of political. The fifth column is probably is very libertarian, maybe slightly right leaning, depending on the episode. Blockton reported a couple of lefties that that just hate cancel culture. Like it's essentially and so it's it's a blast to listen to all this. Like I. It's not stuff that I care a lot about, and it's not stuff that affects me a lot. But I like the way these people think and write. So that's that's. Who's the host on the Jesse Single? Oh, the fifth column would be Camille Foster, Matt. Why can't I think of his name? Matt Walsh from. Oh, I know Matt Walsh. Matt Matt Welch and Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh is the one from Ben Shapiro. Yeah, Matt Welch. Matt Welch is from Reason Magazine. So it's Matt Welch. And uh, Michael Moynihan. Okay. Moynihan's hysterical. Yeah. And, and actually, I've been a fan of theirs since their podcast came out. It's a, it's a, it's a really good show. Um, and then Blockton reported the same thing. Jesse Single and I can't remember her name. And there, that's I, I never miss those. I listen to some political ones, but I probably am just as likely to listen to left leaning than right leaning political stuff because um, I think they're all terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, um, it's good to get different opinions. Yeah. Do you listen to podcasts? Yeah. Yeah, I listen to Joe Rogan podcast. Mm-hmm. So is every middle aged white guy in this. I listen 30s. to Mark Maron. Okay, he's funny. Mark Maron's yeah. really yeah. Funny. Well, he's left like crazy. Though. Oh he's yeah, great yeah. though. But he's a good. Really he's a good talker. Yeah. He's sharp. Yeah, and I like. He's really funny. I like his interviews because yeah. he he talks a lot, but he also they talk a lot. Yeah. So those are good. Sometimes he talks too long. I got though. a I'm chance like, to see radio. Mark yeah. Maron live. I went to a, a back in 2014, 2015. Uh, I went to a, a meeting called the Podcast Movement which is, oh. uh, uh, it's still going. I haven't been for a lot of years, but I don't think Mark Maron, actually Mark Maron might not have been there. You know who was there was the um, the woman who created Serial. I forget her name. Remember Wait, this, which is the Serial? The Serial podcast, yeah. The oh, serial, I never heard like, that. Like Serial is, like that was kind of. Like serial put, killer, yeah. Yeah, it was It was basically, um, well, the guy Adnan Syed, he was just, he literally was just let out of prison like this month or something like that. And the, and the whole podcast was based on, you know, did this really happen? Did this and it was she. Had, she was from NPR originally, I think, or, or kind of spun off. So it sort of put 
podcasting on the map. So she was, uh, I got to see her speak. I've, se- I've seen a lot of these kind of bigger podcasters speak at these places, but it's so funny because podcasting is very democratic. Um, what do you mean? And anyone can podcast. Okay. It's, yeah. I mean, the, the, anyone can podcast, but as you guys know, once you start, you're like, man, that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's not like anyone can podcast, but, but people who don't kind of put some thought and effort into it, um, don't get much traction. And, yeah. and a lot of podcasts start and don't make it. There's a lot of attrition, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, a, lot sure. of people, a lot of people start Quickly. fast. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, what, six months? Yeah. Because they, they come out strong. But yeah. Even, yeah. I mean, we had a really, we're still building up, yeah. but it was tough in the very beginning. It was tough being your co-host, to be oh, honest. Oh, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, sometimes, and then someone cancels or you have a few weeks where you don't do it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay. Is anyone listening to this? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> our, our first guest no showed. Oh, really? And we're like, okay, yeah. podcast is over. <laughs> That's right. Our first <laughs> guest. So we talked to each other. We're like, all right, well, we're here. Well, I mean, that that's actually okay, too. Yeah. Because the other thing is, is that like, like, I think we don't do that enough where the, the hosts just talk to the hosts. Although I do a monologue type thing. So I'm sure people are. Yeah. I will say this. The, the, the episodes that get the most, uh, the most downloads fastest are not mine they're the other guys <laughs> <laughs> they really are i think i think that's as like okay we've heard you talk for eight years bro yeah. you can just you, you know, mean your solo to, ones yeah, my solo your, ones okay. and the interview ones although i've i went to the spear summit in september so a lot of my stuff has been spear sent, and that's that's going to get a lot of listens you know i haven't put frank out yet but of course that'll be a big one and yeah yeah so what keeps you going after eight years you know it's funny it's the streak how crazy is that i think it's because i'm mental and it's like, I don't want to break the streak. But you enjoy it, though. I do. Yeah, I don't think I, You know crazy. what? Some days more so than others. Right? Okay. Like, like there are times I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. But there are people that continue to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing. You know, it, it's uh, like I, I just rolled over 5 million downloads like a couple weeks ago. Wow. For Since we started. That's amazing. But that's for like a dental-based podcast. It's pretty cool. That's right? huge. Yeah. Uh, that's similar to us. We're, we're double that. but. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I've been doing it since 2014 too. Yeah. So, but but I mean, it's it's interesting how. And the other thing is, if you put out four episodes a week, you'd be shocked how quickly you get. That's a lot. You're yeah. putting out a lot. Of I content. do three. I do three, and that's that is a lot. It grows faster. But the other thing is, is <laughs> if you look at the stats, uh, like I'll get X number of downloads a day, and two thirds of those downloads are old episodes. A lot of times that you repost old episodes no 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 no, no. that's people that are, people are downloading old episodes oh okay. so like you can go back in any given day there's probably two or three hundred episodes that got downloaded at least once that day that blows my mind so like dental content is really evergreen right like, yeah like you know if we talked about a, a core build-up material if we talked about you know practice ownership or whatever five years ago it's the same it's you know it's it's pretty much the same so it it tends to be like like you wouldn't get that from a news podcast because you know what like you know news is today and two weeks is is old, it's old yeah. yeah but this stuff is worth downloading you know it, like you and I talked about I, I interviewed Michael on Think a hundred years ago and uh, but his insights are still really good you know he's he's a designer an office designer all this stuff that's still so, relevant yeah so yeah. it gets downloaded you know and and so on some level I think um, that's interesting to have a depth of the catalog and so the longer you do it the more you can count on the old stuff being there for you. It's yeah. kind of cool. Actually. And then you can reference the old yeah. stuff and oh, yeah. build on yeah. it. So something I feel very strongly about um, for dentists is to have something else side hustle. 
Mm -hmm. you know, call it what you want. But um, I think that's important for dentists because I I feel like uh, dentistry can be very isolating. I've said that before. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like the podcast is is that for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a break from dentistry. But what's funny is it's not a break from dentistry because it's all we freaking talk about. Right. But 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 talking about dentistry versus doing dentistry is very different. Right. I also think that... um, I do things a little differently because I'm like, I'm like your regular old dentist. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing, um, you know, five all on X cases a day. I'm, yeah. I'm doing crowns. And but you're connecting with other dentists, yeah, yeah. you know, via the podcast. But I also think that having a voice of regular dentists is pretty important mm-hmm. because I think if you listen to some podcasts, if you don't own six practices or if you're not doing all surgical cases or something, you're, you're not, you're not a real dentist. I'm like, yeah, except there's a lot of people that need crowns and filling. So right, like, like on some level, we, we got people doing that stuff. I think that's the so majority of, of practitioners. It is, right? but if you yeah. if you listen, if you looked at social media, right, or right. if you listen to podcasts, a lot of podcasts, you'd think that you're missing out because because yeah. you're just doing the regular dentistry. I think that's not true. I think yeah. that's why though your podcast is so appealing. I do too. Because I won't say his person's name, but there's a podcaster who's either my age or younger, and he talks like he already has a net worth of twenty million. Mm-hmm. And when I hear that, I'm like, well, shit. Makes, how, you, feel, makes how, you feel bad about yourself. How far behind am I? Yeah. Exactly. He might too. I'm yeah. not saying he doesn't, but I'm also like, that's, you know, if you, as a dentist, I'm definitely not an outlier. I am maybe in some ways, but, but I mean like, because I'm weird and I like to use <laughs> microscopes and stuff like that, but I'm not like some kind of a big producer outlier. Or I'm doing all this crazy. And it's great that they're doing that. There's nothing wrong with that. And we've talked to lots of people like that, but that's, if you don't, it's okay. Yeah. You know? Like it's okay to just be. To just do what you're doing. I think that's in the minority. And then Carl Mish, what's his son's name? I forgot his son. Craig. Craig. He wrote an article about Instagram dentistry. Yeah. And how basically it's an illusion. Yeah. It's such a small percentage of dentists. Yeah. Oh, you did talk to him. We've, we've talked. No, I've talked about it on the podcast okay. multiple times. We're Instagram. doing three hundred thousand a month. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, okay, Appa is out there. He's Michael yep. Appa. He's amazing. Yeah. But there's no one like him. No. And he bought Larry Rosenfeld's practice. I mean, that's what he does. He's in New York and does veneers. And it's great. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But, but to he act like we should all be doing stepping stone. Yeah. yeah. And he's an unbelievable dentist. And this is, mm-hmm. he's chosen that. To be honest, he would never admit it. But there's a lot of downsides to that, too. Because you know, oh, when, sure. when you're Appa, when you're Coys, when you're Spear, everyone's, you know, everyone's trying to measure up to you and it's, or, or whatever. Whereas, you know, I, I don't and you're flying into the UAE you yeah. know, a couple of times a month, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. yeah, you know what you probably couldn't do if you were Appa is have like a little horse farm and two kids going to regular public school and, right. and have a, you know, practice of I, one of the things I like the most about my dental practice. And it happens when I'm feeling bad about stuff. This usually hits right about the right time where I've got a patient that that tells me about something that happened to us 20 years ago. I'm like, oh, my God, I've been doing, these are the same people that I've been. Like I've known these people for twenty some years, and and they still appreciate that. That's huge. Yeah. Now, and it doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that there's monetary value in that. I, I got plenty of patients that I haven't I've done a nickel's worth of work on in twenty years, but they still come. Yeah. You know whether whether they don't need it or they're not going to do it. That doesn't mean that I, I can't enjoy working with them. They want their know. free toothbrush. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There's no there's no free toothbrush. It doesn't exist. There's no we free pay lunch. for those damn things. No, what do you think? They think they no, drop they, them off? Yeah, they just give them to us. They no. give them to us. Don't kid yourself, people. There's no free anything. But to your point, you're totally right. Like, do you want to be the best dentist ever or like live the best life? Yeah. And that might mean you work three days, but yeah. you see your kids four days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well the other thing, if you guys have ever heard of Seth uh Godin, 
he has a book that really influenced me a ton. It's called The Dip. I think it was back in 2006. I actually went to Ann Arbor and saw him speak okay. for The Dip. And what the was dip. really funny is like, you need to be the best in the world. But you get to define what that world is. The thing is, is the best. There's no such thing as best in the world. There's best in the world as it is. I mean, the uh, best family dentist in Saginaw, best dentist who likes doing this kind of stuff. It's best, you know, like, and I like that because you, you, you kind of create what what world you're in versus Instagram best dentist in the world. The world's huge, and I, you yeah. know what? And I'm not I'm not doing the stuff that a lot of Instagram dentists are doing. Can I learn something from them? Yes. Do I have to feel bad that I'm not doing that? No. I'm not saying that that doesn't affect me a lot of times, but but the reality is is like you know best in the world. Make it your world though. You don't you don't have to right. judge by the yeah. rest of the world. It's a great book. It's a really quick reading too. You know, Seth Godin is. I don't, he's but really I'm going to get that on Audible he's because a, he's I need... He's a big marketer guy. Yeah. He's yeah. the guy who kind of invented the purple cow. Yeah. And basically the term viral kind of came from him. Like, okay. Like viral everything. So he started using viral back before there was the internet, really, or before the internet is what it is. Yeah. So I, I heard this quote that most of your heroes are full of shit <laughs> because they ignored everything else in their life mm-hmm. and got really good at one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And well, is that good or bad? Well, you don't want to ignore your kids and no, be the no. best dentist. And I'm not saying that divorce is a failure. I'm not saying that. But guess what? Most of the, most of those guys either never got married or are divorced or have you know their 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 personal lives are a wreck or whatever. And I'm not saying in dentistry. I'm saying everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's like one of these things where like there's trade offs in everything. Exactly. It's, it's not a zero sum game, but there's trade offs in everything. So a lot of great men in history were terrible fathers, yeah. like Winston Churchill, because yeah. yeah. you spend zero time with your kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's funny i was thinking about that on the way down here like my kids would i might be terrible but my kids know that i'm i, I spend a ton of time with them maybe more than they would like yeah well honest, right yeah and that i mean that's i'm not gonna even pat myself on the back it's just what we do you know? yeah it's just what, what you want to do yeah. i feel the same way i mean yeah. i i love spending time with well, my there's kids. times i would definitely not like to be around my kids no. there's times they drive me nuts but the reality on some level you know, we try and do the best we can and make, you know, create better humans, you know? Yeah. Right, right. I totally agree. But there's a balance and that's, it's such a good, I like that we talked about that, create your own world mm-hmm. and be the best in that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, your kids, my kids think I'm the best mom ever, mm-hmm. greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. I just learned that. Okay. Go. Go. Right? Yeah. Oh, the goat. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, I am to them. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm the greatest everything to them. So, and that's, How that's old are enough. your kids? Um, 13 and 14. Oh, wow. You're doing great then. Cause I figured yeah. about when, by the time they're about seven, they, they've seen through that greatest. <laughs> no, we had, we had a little bit of a, a dip for yeah. my daughter. Um, but it didn't last. Yeah. She got kind of moody teenagery and yeah. then she came back. That's cool. So they're, they're, yeah, they're cool again. Very, I have very nice kids yeah. and, but it's, you know, I think part of that is I spend a lot of time with them and, and I get to know them. Yeah. I'm not just shouting, you know, commands at them yeah so yeah, that's good but also i i changed my career so i could spend more time yeah. with them that yeah. was a huge part of yeah my decision making yeah. um you know dentistry just didn't didn't work for me mm-hmm. to accomplish what i needed to accomplish for myself mm-hmm. not for someone else they might see that as a a failure i i don't mm-hmm. i mean i think it's definitely a major success so right yeah i told you yeah. so that's a good point Tell the listeners how your practice is set up because something I find so appealing about your lifestyle is you want to spend as much time doing your hobbies as much as dentistry. Mm-hmm. So you bike every day. 
I well, I try. I try. Okay. Late, lately, it's been tough, but I, but I try. Do you bike to work? No, oh, oh. God, no. I wish I could. I I, uh, I have a twenty six mile commute. Oh, work, okay. So it's a little bit a much, marathon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think about like over the years, I think of how minute how much time I've spent commuting, and it's 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 insane how much. So so yeah. on some level, I'm a little bit feel a little bit better that I I hopefully used it well by listening to good things maybe some books on tape maybe some podcast but in any case um i mean actually i think about it like if i if i worked closer to home i'd have more kid more time with my kids i will say i like the the unwinding time Mm -hmm. for the commute maybe that's a justification for for it well how long is a drive to work i mean it's 40 minutes 40 minutes okay that's a drive yeah. yeah i mean you can make it a little faster but most mornings it's 40 minutes you know um but i mean i have a pretty plain old practice and it's uh it, it's not it's not an expense wise you know i just i've kept i've kept my overhead really low it's a nice office but it's not it's not super stupid expensive or anything like that and it's it's a it's a, on some level if you can create a lifestyle that you don't have to pay that much for then all of a sudden you don't feel the pressure to produce or create and all that stuff that's not a very popular thing cuz you're on podcasts you just need to be making making all the money in the world and doing you know strike while the iron's hot and all that it's great but it's also make a life that's fun to live you know it's worth living too that's the other thing it's being miserable all the time is no way to be so right when did you decide in your career was there ever a point where you're like i need to produce two million a year and then something cha- changed in your life and then all of a sudden you're like i gotta do less not really i've always been i've always been the, the lowest producer of all of my friends and stuff it's just because part of it is i live in a smaller town too okay like literally the numbers what what people pay for a, a crown or or restorative is so much less where i am than where you are and where probably most of the listeners are so on some level those numbers are like comparing numbers from one place to another is actually kind of stupid and the other thing is if i had to pay the rent that you pay i, I wouldn't you know it, it'd be a whole different answer charge more. Yeah. yeah yeah so uh, you know I, I guess it's i guess it's it's all sort of relative and i think sometimes people forget that I have arguments with my best friend about this all the time. He's like, nah, it's not, it's, it's, it's fixed about the same. I'm like, no, it's not. Though. No. Like, like I would, you hear what someone's paying an employee in the Minneapolis era, area versus us. And it's just not even close. It's not even on the same scale. Cost of living is so much higher. Exactly. It, it yeah. can't exactly. be on the same. Yeah. I mean, have you guys ever watched those HGTV shows? You probably haven't. Guess what? They probably seem about normal to you. You watch those HGTV shows in Saginaw, and you're like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> who, who, who sets aside $40,000 to do, do their bathroom, you know? But, right. but and, and I mean, I'll bet you it's more common around here than it is where I am. I mean, you, you could buy a house in Saginaw for $60,000, you know? It's like a... I, and, and so, yeah, cost of living is a real thing. Cost of dentistry. Like, it's really funny. If you use a, if you use a na- nationwide lab, you're paying the same thing. Yeah. But but the reality is the rent that I pay, what I pay for my office is way lower than And your what, staff wages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one really – that's real. Yeah. And, and I mean and, – and people say, well, you're a rural dentist. Not really a rural dentist. I mean Saginaw's got 60,000 people in it. And I'm actually in the township. So I, it's it's not – tiny it's not it doesn't feel rural i live rural but i mean i pra- my practice is in in a town anyhow you know it's we have uh, we have a best buy we have a menards we have a, you know it's a um but the cost of living is wildly different and no one ever talks about that and, and actually what people make at their jobs is significantly less or different too you know it's like i don't know things like this never get talked about it's always it's always about production. It's always about so there was never for me. There's never a time like when I became a dentist. I I worked for my dad right out of dental school, 
in I bought a practice quick. Like it, it happened to come up the way that it was. But and I bought a practice for eighty nine thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. Oh what? Right. So the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of a sudden my set points are way lower than everyone else's, right? I came out of dental school, I had eighty five thousand dollars worth of debt, and I thought that was a lot. So yeah. of course my 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 set points are just way lower. I've never yeah. had to produce that much to cover everything. I've never had to do that. So and when I, you know, I may produce a lot, but I just charge less, not because I want to, because that's kind of what it's like, you know? Right. I don't know. I, I think there's something to that. Maybe I'm crazy. You're not crazy. I feel like it doesn't matter what you make, it matters what you take home. Mm-hmm. And if you have lower expenses, you still take home similar amounts, mm-hmm. just produce lower numbers. Mm-hmm. I think people get caught up in grow, 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 grow. Yes. Like more, more, more. Well, how um, many times have you heard if you're not growing, you're, if, if you're not growing, you're, you're dying. You're dying or yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Eh. Are you? Are you though? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 mean, I feel not, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and and my my thing is like I'm terrible, but I'm like I don't want to work that hard. I don't. Yeah. I just don't, don't want to work that hard. I mean, you could have four more practices, but then what? <sighs> yeah. Well, talk about yeah. I don't I, have a drinking problem now. But, right. But you know. I, you, I, I suspect that that would bring it back. Yeah. 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 And for the listener to clarify, you cannot buy practice for eighty nine thousand dollars. So oh, yeah. don't call me. Yeah. You can buy the you can buy the front desk for eighty nine thousand dollars. Yeah. People well, are gonna say, was, I heard on the podcast there were practices yeah, for eighty nine thousand. That was nineteen ninety eight and that was a pretty weird situation, let's just say that. Right. It was it was definitely a fixer upper. Yeah. But but it was but it was you know, it was real. Yeah. So yeah. never in your career you thought to yourself, I want another practice or I want something bigger. No, maybe I have wanted. I have wanted to move closer to home sometimes. Sometimes okay. more so okay. than others. Is that possible to move your practice? Well, I've looked at all kinds of things. Probably not. I okay. would probably have to either either do buy a practice closer to home and and split or sell my practice by. And and every time I start thinking about that, I'm like, that's a lot of work. I'm yeah. not sure I want to do that. I mean, this isn't so horrible, right? It's a. I think about it, and and I don't know. I, I literally will. I've spent so much time over the years. I got all that time to drive back and forth, and so I think about all these schemes. And I've never, it's, it's never, I've never been motivated to take the real action on it. Mm-hmm. Have I looked around? Yeah, I have. I've looked at different places. I've, I've looked at other practices and stuff like that, but never enough to make me go. Oh, this is definitely the one. When you buy a practice for eighty nine thousand dollars, do you realize every other practice you're ever going to look at is ridiculously expensive? Oh it's yeah, like ten, <laughs> ten, ten times more. Yeah, exactly. You're like, yeah. Ah, Eighty nine thousand is pretty good, but yeah. you're probably going to make a decent uh, profit when you do sell it. So yeah, yeah. Although I don't, you know, it's people are are kind of misguided. They think that it's going to be oh, yeah. this huge influx of cash well, and when you sell your reasons, business. That's one of the reasons the practices usually. aren't going to sell the way that they have. No, because because I think a lot of old guys like this is my retirement. I'm going to sell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, and they well, bank on that. Yeah, they don't, really do. Don't bank on that. Uh-uh. Honestly, you might want to even think about well, if I can sell it, awesome. Otherwise, I'm just going to walk away because yeah. That's maybe maybe for a specialist you say that, but but I mean like selling your practice for this giant boat. Some people do maybe, maybe in the right place. I mean you hear, but don't think that that's the norm. Yeah, the people, other, people count on it, and it's like they they almost forget that they've been paying themselves a salary for mm-hmm, twenty years mm-hmm. out of this business. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, now it's worth nothing. It's like, no, it's not worth nothing. You you've made a living, mm-hmm. you know, and supported yourself, but are you going to get, you know, a million? for it mm-hmm. when it's worth 600 today yeah. i mean well and, the, and a lot of the a lot of the older guys haven't put much into the physical plant no. for forever in the new buyer the new buyer wants all oh, yeah. that stuff they right? do like yeah the, yeah so i mean that's that's and you guys probably talked about that before but that's that's reality in in yeah 
as a seller, you think you're going to get the world. I'm like, not now. <laughs> I yeah. can only imagine now with with interest rates going up now, it's like, oof, you'd be lucky to sell at this point. Well, and yeah. they're so emotionally attached to it. Sure they are. They sure think are. like, if I take 200000 less, I'm not worth, personally, what I thought I was worth because yeah. I yeah. built this thing for 40 years. And that's not true yeah. at all. Yeah. Also, that's, that's where true. having a side hustle is good because you realize it's just, just one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the side hustle is really important for everyone, mm-hmm. not just Dennis. But Do you think it has forever. to be wildly profitable or does it have to be just something I don't. that you can put your passion into? Yeah. I don't, I don't think it has to be profitable at all. I just think it's another outlet mm-hmm. um, for you to... You know, so you're not so isolated. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, I like that word because it's, yeah, it is isolating. I think it has to be emotionally profitable because after I did yeah. your podcast, somebody reached out to me and he called me. We talked for an hour. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's like, wow, I'm connecting with another dentist. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. currently make zero dollars from this podcast. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it for more than a year, though. And it's always, I mean, it's been nothing but positive for me. Yeah. You know, it's time consuming, mm-hmm. right? But, but I've made a few connections. I've. I've sold a couple of practices because of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just people who I've talked to. Um, you know, you never know. I feel like I feel like a podcast would be a great way to be a broker of some sort. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing. You're just when you listen people. when you when someone listens to you on a podcast for a while, you'll get this too when you you'll get this. People come up to you out of the middle of nowhere. I, the best best thing ever was I went to a, a meeting, God, probably twenty fourteen. It was called uh, Practice on Fire. It was a bunch of like a bunch of the early podcaster people were there. They invited us. We didn't present or anything, but they invited us to be there. And someone, I was behind someone in line and I was just talking and they said, you from the dental hack? It's really cool. Like he recognized me by my oh. voice. So all of a sudden you become the voice in this person's ear over a period of years. So like they, they, it's really funny. They feel like they know you mm-hmm. even though, you know, it's, it's this remote connection right and they do know you because you're putting your you know you're putting your heart and soul into that thing but mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily know them the same way i will say the only good use of social media as far as i'm concerned is to make that connection yeah <laughs> like, i agree like so much of social media is complete garbage but it is um self-administered poison i would say yet here i am i mean i guarantee i, I use it as much as anyone and it's it's mostly bad for me but but the idea that i can connect with listeners people who listen to what i put out or people who you know I just think it's that's super valuable. That's a, that's probably the best use of social media. That and buying bicycles. Yeah. In yeah. Michigan. To connect yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And buy bikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think you're going to keep doing it? Because there's no reason to stop podcasting. Yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'll have I'll have times where I'm like, I'm ready to just put this in. And it's pretty regular, too. I'm, I'm just done with this. What, what, what triggers that? What makes you say, like, I'm done with this? Usually everything in life kind of thing. It's not usually a podcast related thing. Okay. I hate to say it this way, but I've been doing it long enough. I can kind of put it on cruise control because I'm, I mean, I, the production aspect doesn't take me that long and it's sort of built into my schedule. Um, I typically have more content than I need, so I can be phoning it in for a while and it still is, it still is fine. I think starting very dental was helpful because it's much less production oriented so that was helpful do you think also because you have partners that helps you stay yeah except i do motivated okay they're they're awesome i love them but but i do all the production and part of that is like part of that is because i'm persnickety about it i'm kind of i'm kind of yeah i I actually when i get into it when i have to do it i'm like oh man i gotta get that edited that's a drag but once i usually get into it i get into a flow state it's pretty fun i'm pretty i like it i'm pretty good at it and you do it for a while you get better at it so it's i actually kind of like it and um, when I find myself wanting to 
record at meetings because you can get a ton of content in one place, which is really nice. That's what I want to do in Chicago. Yeah. I want to set up a booth. And yeah. I mean, and what's cool is when you go to a meeting, especially if you have some connections beforehand, you can set people up. Like I went to New York expect not expecting much. I got a ton of content. Do, were you just grabbing like passersby? Or well, I would text people that I knew was there. were there. Come stop um, by. Yeah. yeah. And then there were some people that I just, I, like I, I was at a booth. And so, yeah, I grabbed some people. A mm -hmm. lot of times people that I've known, the funny thing is, is Dentaltown served a huge purpose for me earlier in my career. Like in the early aughts, early to mid aughts, man, Dentaltown was everything to me. And the bulletin board thing. I have friends that I've known from Dentaltown for years. They're just still so that's an interesting thing too. So a mm -hmm. lot of times I'll grab people that I've known for a long time. Those were all the people that I started with the round table with, you know. So it's to have a wider network, a wider nationwide network, you go to a bigger meeting and you're gonna you're gonna find some people to record with. And mm -hmm. also a lot of times the people who are big CE speakers uh, are willing to do it too. That's pretty cool. Like I, I went to the vetter meeting last last fall and the speaker David Hornbrook sat down like, what a great what a great interview. Good guy in a, in a, a, a nice quiet room. It was great fun. So do you bring all your equipment or how does that work? I have, I have, oh, I've bought so much equipment over the years and it's so dumb. It's, it's one of those, it's, it's much <laughs> like bicycles. You're just, I, it's not something I need, but it's something I like. It's yeah. Like, I have, I have a bunch of different remote setups that work pretty good. So, so yeah. then you get a room, you, you rent a space. Yeah, shoot, we or... just use the lecture room when no one was in it. Oh, yeah. so you That's just cool. show up yeah, and just literally okay. for podcast, the best thing ever is if you can get, a rig awesome. small enough in a backpack, you can set it up anywhere. That's what I've been doing at meetings lately. So then, I don't ask permission. We just do it. Okay. <laughs> Are you holding the microphone or do you have stands? No, I have headsets. Headsets. Okay. Headsets, headset mic. Oh, like a... Into a... Yeah, headset. Okay. I'll show you. I've got a couple... Like, I've got a couple different... I got one now that's small enough and it's battery powered. You literally don't even need to plug. That's it's like a, cool. It's like a pop-up podcast. It kind of is. Yeah. Now, and then we do like... Well, some meetings where... Voice of Dentistry, for instance, is kind of my meeting in Scottsdale, which is we have booths for in the exhibit hall for podcasters. Is is it only podcasters at Voice of the Dentist? No, 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 not at all. It's 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 pod. It's basically there for podcast listeners, social media people, all that stuff. It's a great meeting. We should go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you guys should go. Should. We'll get you a table, and you guys, you guys would love it. And you'd have you'd be able to create a bunch of content. But we've got good speakers. Uh, the exhibit hall is good. It's small. It's pretty intimate, but okay. it's fun. It's it's like the funnest meeting. It's the funnest meeting anywhere. It's I don't know how to describe it other than the fact that like. The, the party, the Friday night party is worth the whole thing. Just because, not because it's wild and rowdy. It's just like, it's pretty cool. You've got interesting exhibitors that are glad to be there. You've got a bunch of podcasts being recorded on site. you got all, you know, food and drinks and, and it's in Scottsdale in January. It's hard to argue with any of it. And it's yeah. people who are like psyched to be there. Yeah. It's high energy. That's always it, nice. is. Yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. So we're coming up on the hour and we always ask one question okay. at the end. Okay. Who do you like more, me or Jessica? No. Um. <laughs> What's one piece of advice you would give to anyone trying to start a podcast? Anyone trying to start a podcast? Okay. I've already given some of it. I've got multiple things. Um, entertaining is more important than informative. Okay. Um, funny is better than serious. Even mm -hmm. if it's not like, it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be stand-up comedy, but it's like lighthearted is much better than serious. Um, consistency is everything. Okay. You gotta be Stick able to with it. You gotta, you gotta be able to put it out on a consistent basis. Like, there are some podcasts that, like, that's not a rule because there are some podcasts that, I don't know how often Joe Rogan puts stuff out. I think he puts it out as he interviews stuff. Yeah. But there's a, what's the guy, um, Dan, oh, it's the Hardcore History Podcast. Oh, Carlin. Dan, Dan Carlin. Carlin. He puts it out whenever he puts it out. It's one of the most popular podcasts yeah. out there. Yeah. He, he it's so weeks, good. Weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's because he's so good that he can get away with that. Yeah. Like, like I can't get away with that. 
I, I, so consistency is everything. When, when they when they're expecting to see it and it shows up, that's a big deal. And that keeps you on track too. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Does. yeah it does. So don't bite off more than you need to. Don't decide you can do five episodes a week. Yeah, no way. Could you do yeah. that? Exactly. No. So usually we ask too. Can we have you back on? But let me ask you this. If me and Jessica came out to Homer Simpson Township, mm-hmm. could we do a live interview on your podcast? We probably could. Yeah, I could figure something out. I could yeah. even bring my equipment. Yeah, no, I've, I've got, I've got. trust me, I have plenty of gear. I just got to figure out where we do it. Probably do it on the deck. Maybe do it out in one of the barns. Or even at your practice. Yeah, yeah we could do it at the practice for yeah. sure. Yeah. We ride horses as we're podcasting. I, I don't know. I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'd do it. Yeah. I think the horse farm sounds better. Yeah. I have disability I insurance. Yeah. yeah, me too. Well, yeah. anything you want to add? No, no. It, actually, I wish we could talk for another hour. Yeah, we, yeah. Could, we definitely That could, was really, yeah. um, it was great, but we could talk more for sure. So we'll have to have you back. I want to say one more thing. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I'm telling you, I listened to your podcast like six years ago. Okay. And I was like, I got to meet this dentist. And I asked you like six years ago, Oh no. can I come on your podcast and talk about stoicism? And you said, no. no. Which, which is, I was like, <laughs> Did I really? Yeah. I was like, what a jerk. Um, and then I reached out again uh-huh. and now, cause my buddies just heard about your story about your drug addiction. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh man, you should get Alan Mead on your podcast. And I'm like, can I have your phone number? Yeah. You're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh man, you must have forgotten. Did I really was. snub you on stoicism? You're like, that, that was sort of, uh, there was a time when stoicism was my big Because you talked about it. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, I know a lot about it. Yeah. And you're like, well. Maybe. I'm going to have to look at those messages. Now I'm embarrassed. You're like, no, you're like, maybe it could be for a short, but let me reach back out to you. Yeah. Then we never got in contact. Yeah. I'm like, that, that's also what I tell everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get back to you. <laughs> exactly. Let's circle back. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe when I reach out to Alan again, I'll change my name. Yeah. And yeah. this time, he'll accept me. <laughs> You're like, this is Vince Vushin. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm like, this is Vince Mead. I'm your, yeah. your long last yeah. cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we can't thank you enough, and we'll have you back on soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks Alan. Alan. Well, there you have it. Another great episode of Two Faced, the podcast, the other side of dentistry. Please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more content. And if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please reach out to us on Instagram at toothfacedpodcast or email us at toothfacedpodcast at gmail.com.